Inflation, it's only going to get worse. Former US Treasury Secretary Larry Summers has been on Twitter saying there's a real risk that it's going to get out of control. Has he got a point? Data out overnight shows inflation expectations in the US are now at a 13-year high, rising to 7% in the year ahead. 7%. So what about Australia? Nowhere near that, of course, but will a high CPI read this morning change the view of the RBA and NAB? The rates can sit where they are till 2024. It's Wednesday, the 27th of October, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, oil continues to rise another 1.1% on WTI crude, almost $85 now, 0.6% up for Brent. U.S. equities are mixed. We've got a third of a percent rise in the S&P 500. The Dow and the Nasdaq are up about 0.2%. They started the session well, then it was all downhill. They went into negative territory around mid-morning U.S. time, but they've bounced back a bit now. The U.S. dollar is up a little again. It's gained 0.4% on the Japanese yen. The euro is down a bit, a bit, but really no big currency moves this morning, it's fair to say. Bonds are fairly quiet too. A one basis point drop in 10-year treasuries in the U.K. Uh, in the U.S., I should say. Uh, U.K. 10-year gilts are down three basis points, though. On equities, uh, there was one big fall overnight. Uh, Rodrigo Couture joins me from NAB in Sydney. Let's talk about this first of all. Facebook down 4.6%. I'm sure the uh, the Facebook papers aren't helping. They are getting a hammering. And also, this they were talking about the idea of a share buyback, which would imply they want more control and less accountability. So uh, that doesn't sound like a sensible move at this time either. I mean, it could be paving the way for T- tougher regulation the world over. And that, that's going to be a risk for, for a lot of tech companies, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, morning, Phil. Yes, I suppose the buyback uh, motive is, is always seen as, as a positive for the shares, if, um, you know, when, when companies mm. announce that. Um, but uh, in addition to, to the Facebook uh, dilemma from the regulatory side, they did actually have a revenue miss. So, so there are reasons as yeah. well to, to suggest why Facebook is, is uh, under pressure. Uh, but certainly in terms of the regulatory side, it's, it's, a, it's a story worth keeping an eye on because many believe that it sets the tone for what to expect for, for, uh, from others as well. So um, it's certainly an interesting uh, thing to watch in the background. Yeah, it is. Well, they are taking a hammering, aren't they? Now, look, while we're talking about social media, Larry Summers has been having a go at Janet Yellen on Twitter and her comments <laughs> that inflation she says, is already decelerating and they'll be back to target levels by the end of the year. He goes, nah, it's not true that they're decelerating. He reckons there's less than 50% chance that they are going to be uh, back at target levels by the end of the year. Uh, He says there's a risk that they're losing control of inflation, more so than any time in his career, he says. He's uh, pointing to break-even inflation over five years is up 40 basis points in the last month, and expectations data, which we'll get onto, is even more disturbing. Uh, So he says... uh, uh, you know, his alarm is increasing and it should be for the Treasury as well. Is the market paying any attention to Larry Summers? I mean, he's got a point, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he's he he was busy on his Twitter account. Um, I was. think it was something like seven tweets uh, going really hard at Janet Yellen. Um, I, I think that the, the debate about the, you know, the long transitory effects coming from, you know, supply chains and COVID disruptions, it's still unresolved and we won't know until potentially the middle of next year where, where we are in, in that respect. Um, but from the economic theory, the, the concern is that when you have this rise in inflation that become a little bit more longer lasting, then you see inflation expectations rising and then it becomes almost a, a self-fulfilling prophecy and then you see this sort of permanent yeah. rise in, in, in prices. Uh, so that is the concern. Um, but at the moment, um, um, you know, this... 
it, it, the jury's still out, and, and I think Jalen, Jalen has also made uh, valid points uh, to suggest that at least many of those uh, inflation drivers uh, will come down or should come down over the six to, to nine months. Um, but yeah, he was quite aggressive on, on, on his uh, critique. He was, yeah. And we look at what's happening in bond yields. I mean, you know, the, the front end, obviously moving faster now, two-year bond yields. I mean, only one basis point up today, but up seven basis points since Friday morning and that. Uh, the highest level since the pandemic began. But then if you look at what happened before, I mean, it's just a trickle compared to where they were before the pandemic. Yes. Um, I suppose the, the interesting theme in terms of the US Treasury market is, is two things. One, that, that rise in inflation expectations, um, which now is also sort of not, not just being reflected in the front end of the curve, but it's also been reflected in the 10-year part of the curve, which suggests the market's thinking you know, along the lines of Larry Summers, that inflation will mm. actually be elevated for, you know, a long period of time. Um, and then the other is the, the flattening of the curve. So we've seen that, you know, the, again, the longer data part of the curve with the 30-year down uh, just under three basis points again, whilst the front end is going up. So the flattening of the curve is pricing not only you know, the, the rise of expectations that the Fed will be hiking in addition to those inflation dynamics. But it's also suggesting that maybe concerns about the, the, the sort of medium to long term growth outlook for, for the economy is being reduced by these dynamics as well. Now, if that keeps going, could it invert or we're a long way off that? Well, it uh, depends where, where you look. At the moment, we, we're not there yet, but certainly it's sort of the direction of travel that's worth highlighting. Mm, all right. And in the UK, I mean, they had a, a five-year uh, auction came in at 0.79%, which is up from 0.43% last time. I mean, it's uh, it, is it more of a concern in the UK? Certainly, when you look at inflation, uh, and, and, and also we've got to remember that now that the, the market is gearing up for the Bank of England, to potentially yeah. hike, you know, uh, pretty soon. So uh, certainly, in terms of the inflation dynamics and even the wage growth dynamics that we're seeing uh, in the UK, is certainly more elevated than than other developed countries. So, mm. um, so yeah, it's, it's amplified in the UK when you look at the numbers there. Now, the Bank of Canada actually, before there's two central banks, Bank of Canada, but also in Brazil, uh, their central bank, uh, they're looking at a rate hike of one and a half percent. That's the expectation on Wednesday their time. I mean, they're already at. Six and a quarter, six and a quarter percent. But they've got very high uh, inflation happening there, haven't they? But the Bank of Canada centre stage tonight. Uh, it's expected they're going to end QE. So does that? So I mean, I'll, I, we're looking at a rate rise expectation next year, aren't we, for the Bank of Canada? Yeah. So the market is, is being like in, in every other major economy. We've seen this brought forward of, of rate hike expectations. I suppose the highlight there, or the distinction there, is that similar to to you know New Zealand. Um, the Bank of Canada has already, uh, you know, got inflation uh, within target, or actually New Zealand has already sh- overshot that. But uh, uh, in, also in terms of the improvement to the labour market has been very positive. Um, and expectations in terms of the outlook is that more of the same is likely. So therefore, um, the scenario for, for the, the Bank of Canada to hike next year is there. Um, the question is whether, you know, is, are we talking the first half or the second half of 2022? Uh, and at the moment, the market is already kind of quite aggressively thinking, you know, potentially April, June. So uh, I suppose the risk there is that the, maybe the Bank of Canada highlights the need for being more patient in terms of allowing the recovery for the labor market. 
Um, so quite a lot is already priced in. So it will be interesting to see the reaction um, following what the bank has to say today. Well, one area where those expectations aren't being brought forward, at least as far as NAB's concerned, not as far as the broader market is concerned, is uh, is Australia, where uh, NAB and uh, the RBA are saying no, no great move is expected until 2024. But I wonder... Will that shift today? Because, of course, the ABS releases the CPI figures there this morning. If it comes in high, will NAB have to, well, will the RBA as well have to rethink their forecast on when rates are going to hike? Um, well, uh, anything could happen, I suppose. But uh, for, for one, we, we need to also highlight that, that the, the headline number is expected to rise 0.7. Uh, the market thinks 0.8. We think 0.7. So we're going to get close to 2.93% in terms of the headline number. Uh, but the one that really matters is, is that trim mean uh, number um, where we see a rise of 0.4. Um, the market thinks 0.5. Um, and even so, we will see that inflation number on a year-on-year basis to be 1.7, 1.8. So we're still below that 2 to 3% target. Um, now, if we were to get a huge number and, and taking us to that 2%, even then the RBA has been, um, you know, Governor Lowe said that the last time he spoke, is that we're not just aiming for inflation to touch 2%. Uh, we need to see inflation rise above 2% and then have the confidence that it will stay above that 2% level. So we still a little bit of, you know, even if we get a big number today, uh, it, it won't be the trigger for, for the RBA to, to change his mind. Um, and at the moment, you know, there's still a lot of sort of dynamics pushing prices up and down in, in Australia. So mm. I think certainly the RBA will need more time to to, to make that decision. Yeah, to see uh, yeah, how things shake out out of lockdown. So in the, let's go back to the United States because the, the data, if we put inflation aside just for a second, I mean, it was all good, wasn't it? So consumer confidence, yeah, the conference board read came in at 113.8. I think that one, 108.3 was expected. So it's up quite a bit from September. New home sales are, are up quite a bit too. The Richmond Fed Manufacturing Index has gone from minus 3 to 12. So these are all good numbers. But I guess bringing inflation back into it, if, if the numbers are good, if confidence is high, if people are, are spending but supply is still constrained, that's just going to add to those inflation problems. Yeah, and, and if anything, that's being reflected in the price action from the break-even so overnight. So mm. um, I suppose in terms of the data, it's probably really worth, worth emphasizing that when we look at the consumer confidence, the consumer, the Michigan reading uh, had been declining for, I think it's four or five months now. So the concern there was that we might get a, a really bad reading from the conference board uh, reading. Um, and as you say, it was actually an upward surprise. So that's really good news. And it also highlights that uh, at least from this survey, um, the consumer feels more positive because of the Delta variant being more under control. Um, but as you say as well, there's those, those concerns around inflation uh, with that reading ticking up to a 13-year high. So yeah. it's those two dynamics, and the question is, well, what, which one will overrule the other over the long term? Uh, and at the moment, I guess this reading is saying that the consumer is still happy uh, despite the fact that uh, inflation expectations are rising. So what was that figure? The inflation expectation 7%, wasn't it? I mean, that is... 7%, yeah. From It, it rose 0.5% to 7%. So... It is, mm. it is pretty big. Um, and again, it plays into this dynamic that central banks always look. It's like if inflation expectations get unanchored and then start rising significantly, then it becomes a major concern. So it's something to keep an eye on. So how important is oil in all of this? Because uh, we, we, we talk about it being supply and cons- constraints, but obviously oil is going up, continues to go up. And I guess, you know, there's going to be a lot of focus, isn't there, tomorrow, early tomorrow morning as we get those... Uh, 
uh, those figures, uh, the stockpile numbers out of the US to see, you know, how consumption's going? Uh, it will be important uh, from an inflation perspective, particularly near-term inflation expectations. Oil prices are, are super important. You know, they, they go up and, and inflation expectations go up. So, um, and it will contribute to, to the volatility. And I suppose the dynamics within oil is not just the demand side dynamic. There's big question marks about mm. where the supply, uh, particularly coming from OPEC and, and friends, can actually deliver on, on an increase in demand. And at the moment, there's a bit of question marks there from the supply side as well. So it's keeping prices well supported. Well, today, uh, we, uh, other than obviously the Aussie CPI, which is the key figure to look out for, we also get trade data for New Zealand. That's out fairly soon. And the ANZ Business Survey reading for October as well. Uh, of course, they are not exempt from inflation, as we know, as we saw last week, uh, and a rate hike just around the corner there. Yes, just around the corner. I suppose that for the New Zealand numbers, again, the inflation ones, uh, the, the reading coming from the survey will be probably something worth looking at. Mm. Um, and then uh, trade trade data in the US, again, highlighting uh, you know how huge that trade deficit is, uh, which is around $88 billion expected. Uh, and again, that dynamic, particularly with, with China, how big that uh, you know inter inter countries uh, deficit will, will is likely to print as well. So so that's that's sort of a, a nice little story to keep an eye on the on the sidelines. Yeah, and on earnings, uh, we also get German uh, consumer confidence numbers as well. We know they're not going to be that great. Uh, and uh, earnings, of course, we've got Alphabet, Microsoft, and Twitter to look out for. I wonder whether Twitter are worried about uh, Donald Trump's new social media platform. I suspect not. Somehow, uh, unless. <laughs> Let's get Larry Summers onto it. Then, who knows? You know, maybe everyone will jump to follow Larry. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to follow the, those tech numbers, isn't it, today? Definitely. Uh, and, and then tomorrow we have McDonald's, Coca-Cola, mm. Boeing, Ford, and General Motors. So, so the, yeah. it's getting more interesting because now we're getting onto the consumer side in terms of company reporting. And it will be interesting to see the outlook, the ability to, to pass on higher prices and, and so yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. All right, good. We'll leave it there for now. Good to talk. Catch you again soon, Rodrigo. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. However did people manage to express their thoughts before we had Twitter, I wonder. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Uh, back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. <laughs>